Welcome to The Dirt Show, brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And today we're going to hear from retired street stock and hobby stock driver, Larry Krukeberg. We're also going to hear from Mick Rikus from Associated Finishing and Extreme Powder Coating, and our old friend Speed the Sauce Man from Cookie's Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings, right after a few words from our sponsors. Partnering with hog and cattle producers throughout the United States, Altenburg Construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business. Altenburg Construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd. Whether you need an entire site or a single slat, stop into one of their two locations in Louisville, Minnesota or Zering, Iowa. Call 888-435 2210 or see altenburgconstruction.com Get more muscle for your money with Dixie Chopper Lawn Mowers. We've been handcrafting the toughest and fastest zero-turn mowers for over 40 years. Dixie Chopper offers a full line of residential, commercial, and industrial mowers to meet every customer's needs. Visit your local Dixie Chopper dealer today or visit online at DixieChopper.com. Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day and year-round. We are a locally-owned family business ready to serve Southern Minnesota. Visit us on Facebook or call us for a free estimate. 837-9773. Let Bulldog protect your floors. We can all think back to the first time we experienced real horsepower. Hi, this is Corey at Byers Engine Service. Whether it's that pin-you-in-the-seat feeling of a big-block Chevy, the roar of a healthy 340, or the joy of a perfectly tuned flathead, here at Byers Engine Service, we service them all. Strip to street, dirt track to asphalt, or just cruising the strip. Stop by and check us out at 2915 20th Street, Southeast in Rochester. Or call 507-282-5586. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. Racer owner Ben Bainey and racer Travis Underdahl service the entire cow's listening area. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today at 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal, trash pickup services, and roll-off dumpsters at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Contact Shevland Enterprises today, and new customers will get six months for the price of four. If you prepay, call 528-9900. That's 528-9900. For 50 years, reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us. Michigan Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up, so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Mizgin.com. Miskin Auto Parts, in God we trust. Hi, this is Dave Evenson from Hardware Lubricants and Chemicals, the UT Race Gas Distributor. You are listening to the Driver Segment on the Dirt Show. Welcome back to the Driver Segment here on the Dirt Show, and I am joined by Larry Krukeberg 
and Larry, growing up in a small town in the late 50s and 60s, cars and hot rods had a major influence on both of us. Yep, that's right. I guess uh, my first car and stuff, Dad said I had to break some horses so I could get my first car, so I... Horses really wasn't my thing. It was horsepower I was more looking at. But I broke a couple horses and then got a car. And, and then the uh, time we graduated from high school, Steve Bainey and I, my partner, we uh, decided we should try a little racing. So we bought a, I think it was a 65 Plymouth Fury was our first race car. And uh, we put a roll cage in it and just had some fun, you know, of course, you got to keep going faster and faster, you know. <laughs> I know back then, driving from Owatonna to Casson, the old two-lane highway out through Havana, then past Claremont through Dodge Center and Casson, and literally every filling station along the way, you saw a hot rod or you saw a race car on a trailer behind it. Yeah, there was a lot of people traveled up and down the road and they stop at Dodd Center there at Maru's or something before and after the races, you know. And they used to have the A&W also in Casson, or in Dodd Center. But Maru's was kind of a, a hangout after the races was over. I'll have to show you the page in my scrapbook. It's all little corners of French fry bags tore off with driver's autographs on it from Maru's. <laughs> yeah. I know we used to stop there quite often. Even though it was Sunday night, it seemed like uh, well, you always had time for a, a sandwich or something and some couple beers maybe. And <laughs> You had a buddy that worked at Milo Demel's filling station, and that's where you hatched this brilliant idea of being race car drivers. Yeah, the guy that owned the race car with me, uh, Steve Bainey, he was a little, he was a year younger than I was. But he worked there at the filling station, and we was good buds, and we started talking about racing. And his dad, I think Bud Bainey, used to run a little bit. But we knew a lot of the older guys, and we liked going to the races all the time. Well, you got to try it, you know. <laughs> the Plymouth Fury you started with in 1974 had a 383 under the hood, which was a pretty powerful motor back then. The famous Plymouth I remember from that era is the number three of Jimmy Shell. Yep, I remember seeing him racing over at Casson. We went down to Fountain City one time and uh, he was down there. He was quite a driver. He had a lot of experience. Another one that we used to uh, get information from was Dave Bjorgi from Austin. He helped us a few times on some problems we had with with some of the motors and stuff and what to do to correct it. Dave had some motors back in the day. Yes, he did. And uh, he was kind of getting out of the Plymouth stuff and going to uh, Chevrolet. But he was a wealth of information on, uh, you know, what to do with them and, and how to keep them running. And we learned a lot from Dave. Another fact many fans probably don't remember from that era is drivers being asked to change your number. You started with 72, but there was actually too many number 72s. And I remember Gary Wolf was a wild one, and he was asked to switch to number 2 because there was too many number 1s. 
Yeah, that was uh, uh, wasn't quite so bad at Morristown, but Cass and Clay Dornack was the promoter there, and he said that we should try and change the numbers. So I don't know. We fooled around a little bit, and I guess we finally ended up with uh, number eight. The division you ran was street stock. Explain the basic rules of the street stock division at that time in the mid-70s. Well, you wasn't really supposed to do a whole lot to them. You know, you just you took a, a car and, and put a cage in it and stripped all the insides out and, uh, you know, the safety features you needed and stuff. The motor-wise, you was only supposed to have a two-barrel carburetor. The old Plymouths, them old two-barrels they had, they wasn't very good at all. So we put a Holly two-barrel on it, and there was a lot of disgruntle about that because how come we get to run a Holly two-barrel and some of the other ones didn't? And they finally just kind of give up on that one and let anybody run a Holly two-barrel then. But you could fix them up, too, to help a little bit. you get some pretty good power out of some of them. <laughs> Back then, drivers and mechanics were trying different stuff to get an edge, and it was great until, like you say, you got caught. Yep, yep. Uh, we had a guy in Wasika. I don't remember what his name was, but he would plane the heads down on them 3D3s for us, and we could get a little more snort out of her by planing them heads down as long as we didn't turn it too hard. If you turn too hard, then you kind of dented the pistons a little bit and stuff. So, But there was a few things, and, and with the old torsion bars that the Plymouths had, we could crawl under there and turn the right front wheel down. And, you know, where the rest of them running chivvies and stuff, they couldn't do that unless they put springs, different springs in and stuff like that. But everybody was trying stuff, and you'd get caught once in a while. And I remember we got caught one night over there at Casson, and they said, you got to turn that down. So we crawled under there and turned it down. They said it was okay. And before the race, we crawled under there and turned it back up. <laughs> then you upgraded to a Plymouth Roadrunner. How did that deal come about? As I said before, my buddy Steve had picked up an old, pretty rusty Roadrunner, and he was playing around with that on the streets. And we got looking, God, you know, maybe that wouldn't make too bad a stock car. So in the spring, we gutted it out and put some roll bars in it and... Uh, that was a lot lighter than the old Fury was. Yeah, we had pretty good luck with that. We was pretty pretty good down at Morristown, especially. That was kind of a favorite track of ours. A long haul down there on Friday nights after work. Yeah, we run there a lot till they close. You raced that Roadrunner at Cannon River Speedway, Dodge County Speedway, and Lansing. And you mentioned Cannon River Speedway. A lot of drivers have some fond memories of that place, but a lot of drivers talk about some of those nights where it got over at 2 o'clock in the morning, too. Or even later, I think one of them fall festivals he used to have, when we got home, yeah, the sun was coming up. <laughs> and it wasn't because we was partying down there. It was just, it would run late into the night. He, It was kind of slow getting in there because he had to get, you know, everybody checked in and when he had so many cars like that, places to put them all, and yeah, it was. But it was it was a good track. It was a good track. I really liked it. Fast, and a buddy of mine, another guy that we raced against, Keith Fulbrick, 
he run down there, and we had the two Plymouths, and it was fun competing, you know, with the two of us both having the same kind of cars. And Keith was from Oatana. Yeah, between Oatana and Wasika, yeah, down towards Meriden, he has a place. Um, I haven't seen him now for a couple of years, but yeah, he was a lot of fun. We we had good times. I vividly remember you racing at the time. I was 10 years old and really a fan of the street stock and hobby stock division. And some of the characters I remember, like Crazy 8, Eddie Higgins, who were some of the rivals in the street stock division that you remember? Uh, well, I guess uh, some of them I remember, at least from Casson, we had uh, Danny Singfile, Jerry Bullmeister, Bruce Bushel, John Van, Van Willigan, Jason Slay, Charlie Hoover. Them were some of the guys that I remember, at least from Cass. And Morristown, I don't don't remember quite as many because I really wasn't familiar with as many people over there. But like I said, Keith Fulbrecht, we was good. We were pretty good buddies. I mean, we, we pushed everybody's button, but <laughs> we got along. <laughs> Fans that can remember Dodge County Speedway back in that era, there were no houses behind the track. There was a creek in turn three, and there was a marsh in turn three and four, which made for some very interesting nights. Yep. If you got off the track or something, you went back into the mush back there. There was a line of trees on the east end along the between turns one and two. Yeah, there was no houses or nothing back there. It was kind of kind of peaceful. Or now it's gotten a lot tougher with all the houses building around the fairgrounds and stuff over at Dodge County. During that time period, the Dodge County Speedway in Casson was the host of one of this area's premier events, the Thunderbird Open. Some memories of the Thunderbird Open for you. Well, that was the big race for the summer. Sometimes they did it close to the fair, but that was always a big one. A lot of mods come, late models would come for that. You all kind of spruced up, and everybody tried to run a little harder or do figure out some way to go a little faster for them big races like that. They were a lot of fun. And that was pre-Gopher 50, so that was a time when a lot of the guys were, as you say, looking at the other cars, seeing what they were doing, because Ed Sanger would come all the way up from Waterloo, Iowa. Drivers were coming from other areas of the country, and you were seeing what they were doing to their cars to make them faster. Yeah, like Eddie Sanger, uh, Phil Prusak. uh, Man, there were some really good cars come up to race at that. So, you know, a guy go and talk to some of them, try and get some ideas, you know, or anything. Everybody's trying to figure out little ads that they've caught on to, you know. If you won the track championship in the street stock division at that time, you were kind of encouraged or expected to move up to the next level. Yeah. Over at Casson over there, if you won the street stock division, then they wanted you, thought you should probably move up to, you know, let somebody else in. It was an entry-level class. There was quite a few guys did move up Eventually, we did too. Then we bought a hobby stock car, and we started. We promoted that for, oh, I think three years before we finally retired. Kids started coming, and 
The car I remember the most is the one you're just talking about, the Chevelle number eight with the cut down door. What is the story behind that car? Well, the, we got it from an older gentleman here in Otana. Uh, they had bought it, I believe, from Lowell Renvik from Casson or over in that area. And uh, the guy that drove for him, he was pretty good size, and they kind of had the door rolled over a little bit. Well, I'm no small guy, so uh, it was a little easier for me. I just rolled it down a little bit more. And uh, to get in and out a little easier. And uh, I got dinged on it a couple times. They said, you can't have the door down like that. Well, it wasn't that low. We maybe had it down three inches, I don't know, something like that. It wasn't that. Uh, so we had to bring it up a little bit just to appease some of the inspectors, I guess. You needed the Daryl's Weeble door that unhinges that just flipped down. <laughs> yeah, that would have been all right, I guess. We never did do that, but yeah, Daryl was a big guy too, and there was always something they was looking for, it seemed like. The 454 engine that you put in that Chevelle hobby stock was actually from a local late model driver that many will remember, number 35, Willie Richardson, and that was actually a late model motor you dropped in that hobby stock. Yep, we was looking, and uh, we didn't figure a small engine would, would pull it. It was a fairly heavy car, and we got a hold of Willie down there in Hayfield, and, and uh, he had taken this out of one of his late models. We ended up, we got a deal made, and at that time, uh, my dad was about ready to kick me out of the house when he found out how much we paid for that engine. <laughs> and Willie was one of those guys I've got a great picture of sitting in his car down in the swamp off turn three and four. Yeah, I think he ended up down there. He he liked the half miles. He was a kind of a half mile guy. He really... Uh, uh, Mason City and, and some of the other tracks, that's where he liked. He didn't like the shorter tracks. But he showed up when some of the big races were there anyway. You spent three years in the hobby stock division, and that was a talented group of guys, including Lyle Henrich and James Crage. Yeah, we learned a lot through that. There was, uh, you know, everybody was figuring out cars a lot better and and weighing them and and uh, how to move stuff around to make things work and balance them out. We had help. We knew James, James Grage down in Bloomin'. We'd talk to him, and Mark and Dave Noble, they helped us out some with the Chevy because that was kind of different for us. We'd been running at Plymouth for so long. But, yeah, they helped us out quite a bit with the car. Favorite memories of your years running the hobby stock division? I, I guess we had a little thing with that car. We won quite a few heat races and stuff, and I got seconds, I got thirds, but I don't ever remember winning a feature with that car. It was always, it seemed like it had some little thing that would, uh, we was leading at Casson one night and had a pretty good lead on the rest of the field, and one of the tires blew out. You know, well, you come thumping across and, third place or something like that and 
it, it was like it just had a, a bug for us that it wouldn't let us. But we we did all right with it. We uh, we had a lot of fun. You raced 1974 through 1984. After retiring, did you ever jump in a car again? Yeah, it's kind of hard to get away from that. And I built a couple enduro cars and raced them. That one one year, I had an old uh, police car. I picked up a Plymouth again. Especially, we went over to uh, Olmstead County to the Rochester Fair, and the enduro over there. I think we won that by sixteen or eighteen laps ahead of the next guy, and uh, Mr. Adamson from Adamson Chrysler came over and was congratulating us and you know how well we did. Uh, and I said, well, you know, maybe he'd like to sponsor. Well, he didn't know about that. His kid was running a car, too, but he wanted us to kind of help his kid out a little bit. And we didn't do much to help him, but, you know, it was still quite an accomplishment that one was. The history of the Dodge County Speedway. Dave Noble, Mert Williams, Wendell Keene, Carl Fenske, Paul Fitzpatrick, Leroy Sharkey, and there's so many others. What does that place mean to you? Well, it really brings back a lot of memories. Them with some really good racers in them days. And not that they don't have good racers now, but I mean, I just, in mine, I, I feel them old cars was, they were really something to see. The old Camaros, the Chevelles, uh, the Mustangs. Uh, they just, they had more of a, a favor. Uh, Oh, it wouldn't be a favor. It'd be uh, identity to them, I'd say. I mean, now all the mods look pretty much the same. You get into the street stock or hobby stocks again. There you use them stock body cars, but I don't know. That's why I just kind of the nostalgia look was is what I like anyway. And as you say, each driver had a brand. Wendell Keene and the Mustangs, and you knew he knew all about big block Ford Motors. So if you were a young driver starting out, that's exactly who you'd go talk to if you were going to run a Ford. Yep, that's right. We know uh, Dave Noble, Mark. We know they were running big block Chevys. Dave Yorgi. We went and got information from them. That that really helped out when you're kind of breaking into a, a new class and stuff. The opportunity for fans to return to that track once a year for the Dodge County Fair race, that means so much more to everyone than just the race on the track. It really brings back those memories for everybody sitting there. Yeah, we'd, uh, we get a lot of compliments and stuff, you know, and how come we don't get racing back there and... I'm on the fair board over there in Dodge County, and that's kind of my thing is to keep the racetrack going. We'd sure like to. We'd like to f- find a promoter someplace that would be interested in, in coming over and promoting. The fair board itself just doesn't have enough bodies to, to do all that anymore. But, yeah, we'd sure like to. I mean, it's it's quite a facility. Everything is there. The track's decent. A lot of guys, they they still come back. We had a really good car count this year for the fair race. Another track that is full of memories is Chateau Speedway in Lansing, Minnesota. 
Jim Davis, Gerhard Wallenberg, Verlin Aker, and Smokey Campbell. We usually sit by you down there, and what a great place to enjoy a Friday night of racing. Yeah, it's tremendous. I uh, We made every race this uh, shortened season that had Mark had, but we made every one, and he's got it going really good. Uh, Mark was helping us over there for the fair race and stuff, and but I'm glad he got his track going again down there. That's that's great. It's it's fun and it's reasonable. I mean, you know, his prices aren't out of line. Ten bucks for an admission, and uh, food prices and stuff are good. And what a great night to go and and just sit and enjoy some racing. The Yagi reunion between Steve Yagi and Mark and Becky Noble. That reunion has grown into something I don't think they could have ever expected. No, the the old timers reunion. They get. I think they've kind of named it that now, and it seems like every year they dig a few more cars out of someplace in the weeds or, or wherever, uh, and they bring them there to the car show and stuff, and the people get together and and uh, it's a it's a great Saturday. They have food. Uh, there and a lot of camaraderie a lot of people that took movies and pictures Missy Lashinsky is usually there Buck Munson I think he's been there I mean it's fun it's a fun time and you get to see all your old racing buddies and stuff maybe not so many buddies either but racers (laughs) it's funny when you see some of those old rivals standing right next to each other yep yeah, there was always one guy seemed to want to try and push your buttons, and and uh, I push back sometimes. And, but yeah, no, it's just that's days gone by. And I usually, when I get there, I expect to stay until my voice goes because I talk to so many people that when I start losing my voice, it's time to leave. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it's just, you see so many of the guys, and I mean, it, it, they've been, you know, from back when Mert and Wendell and all them, when they were going, all the old-timers, too, that you see, plus the young ones now that are coming up and, and driving and stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You retired from work and then kicked fun into high gear. Talk about the new rat rod you've been working on. Uh I had this old 1947 International pickup. I had it probably 35, 40 years. I was looking for a chassis. I was going to put it on an S10 or something to put it on. But I ended up, John Van Willigan, buddy I used to race with, he was selling his stock car. And gosh, you know, that's maybe not such a bad idea. Uh, you get, you know, modern equipment and stuff and so I went down and talked to John, and we made a deal. I bought the car, brought it home, and started cutting away at some of the roll bars and set the cab on it. And it's been quite an accomplishment. Me and my son have been working on it. We had to totally wire the thing because, as you know, stock cars don't have much for wiring in it. And uh, to wire all the lights up and stuff on it and finding parts for a 1947 International are, are kind of tough. I did find a place down in California for some international stuff. And we made other stuff to do. We got a seat out of a Jeep and put that in there. And So I'm getting really close to 
bringing it out. I don't know if I'll get it out quite this fall yet, but it's been a, a, a work, I'll tell you. There's a lot of things, but it's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to see that ripping down the road. <laughs> yeah, it should rip along pretty good. It's got a pretty healthy 350 in it. <laughs> Most memorable race of your career? Uh, I would say probably one of the nights down at Morristown. Uh, it always seemed like there was something happening down there from from the time when uh, Don Mitaskis caught fire to the night part of the bleachers or the grandstand fell. But that seemed to be the most fun. We really had a had a good time down there. Jim Hermel was a, a decent promoter. He uh, we had a few checks that didn't make it quite all the time, but it still that was a good racetrack. I hated to see it get destroyed, but I guess it's a campground now, and they got a partial a piece of the front front straightaway is still still there or some someplace. I guess so. But I I would say that's probably. Yeah, some of the best I had. The last time I was on the property, Jeff Dale took me over there, and he knew the owner, and we were walking around over there. And actually, it looks like to me, if you wanted to get a road grader out and scrape the sod off, you could pack her in and go racing again. Oh, I probably could, but you'd have to build up the the banks quite a bit and building grandstands and stuff like that. I, I believe the tower is still standing yet, isn't it? Yes, the tower is there and the concession stand, and they actually have a Frisbee golf course on the racetrack. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, that was that was a lot of fun going down there on Friday nights. That was, And then uh, Lansing usually runs Saturday night, so nobody stepped on anybody's toes, you know, when, when the racing season was on. Yeah, lots of fun, a lot of memories. Larry, thank you for all your memories, and... Thanks for all the memories for me as a kid watching you race at Dodge County Speedway. And thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Well, thank you, Clayne. I really appreciate it. And I listen to your show and stuff and and uh, always enjoy visiting with you down at Lansing on Friday nights. Thanks for being with us. Yep, thank you. Fast shafts. Drive shafts are used by Jake Tim, Tom Barry Jr., Derek Ramirez, Kyle Strickler, Jonathan Davenport, Derek Green, Dalen Murdy, and more. And they currently build drive shafts for 90% of the major chassis builders. Fast shafts is also a longtime title sponsor of the IMCA Fast Shafts All Star Invitational at the IMCA Super Nationals and support a number of competitive series nationwide. Buy directly from Fast Shafts or from their network of dealers. Shipping daily across the country or worldwide. See FastShafts.com. Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coating offers a scientific process that uses electricity and heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme can deliver media blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Custom colors and exhaust coatings are available also. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Extreme Powder Coating. 
The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is the only museum in the world that's solely dedicated to sprint car racing. Located in Knoxville, Iowa, next to the world-famous Knoxville Raceway, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open year-round for race fans to come in and learn more about sprint car racing. You'll see 30 to 35 race cars on display that are constantly changing throughout the year. In addition, you'll find memorabilia, historic race shops, and racing videos inside the museum next to the sprint cars. There's a racing movie theater on the museum's second floor, all of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame inductees plaques and stories on display, a panoramic view of Knoxville Raceway, and the world's largest sprint car retail store, all at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. VP Racing Fuels is proud to be recognized as a world leader in race fuel technology. VP's fuels have a well-deserved reputation for power and consistency, winning championships in every form of motorsports for more than 40 years. Whether sportsman or pro, methanol or gasoline, VP has a fuel to ensure optimum performance for your application. See the full line of VP's high-performance products online at vpracingfuels.com. At VP Racing Fuels, our passion is your performance. Does your car suffer from rough idling and stalling? Does it hesitate when you take off from the traffic light? If it does, it could be due to dirty fuel injectors. Clean your car's fuel injection system with Justice Brothers Fuel Injection System Cleaner. It cleans the important parts of your fuel system and helps to restore normal operation. And it's guaranteed to satisfy or your money back. Available wherever fine automotive products are sold. See our display at Runnings. Tell them Ed Justice Jr. sent you. If you have a vehicle accident, go with a professional. Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision are the definition of professionals. For over 42 years, they have dedicated their lives to collision repair along with the training, knowledge, and skills that come with the job. Go with the pros. Midwest Collision in Faribault. 507-332-2434. Welcome back to our sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Mick Rikus, sport compact racer and also employee at Associated Finishing and Extreme Powder Coating. And Mick, Associated Finishing in Mankato is a parent company with three locations, including Litchfield and Extreme Powder Coating in Blooming Prairie to service the entire Dirt Show listening area. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, good morning, Clayne. Yeah, we uh, we kind of service the whole state here, you know, all the way up to Brainerd down to um, middle of Iowa and try to cover it, you know, that area for the, uh, the dirt track guys. First established in 1965, Associated Finishing has a long history of serving farmers, community, and manufacturers throughout the area. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a long history here. We started as a you know a pretty small shop, doing you know fishing equipment, painting that, and just have grown over the years. And in, in the last ten years or so, grown quite a bit more. Added on the Litchfield facility in in 2017, and then Blooming Prairie in 2021, and pretty much have different areas for different product lines. Here in Mankato, we do a lot of high volume stuff. 5,000-piece orders, 10,000-piece orders. We added Litchfield to get into kind of the big market where we're looking at 40-foot-long parts, 10-by-10 part window type of thing. And then Blooming Prairie, long reputation there of high-quality, high-detailed work 
more towards the automotive or restoration enthusiast type of market. So we kind of can do it all, big or small. Now we're going to tap into your engineering side of your brain. Stripping, one of the hardest things about refinishing metal is getting all of that dirt, oil, grease, and rust off so you can get a successful finish. Yeah, absolutely. Preparation is the most important part pre-treatment. If you're looking at something that's dirty or greasy, it needs to be cleaned first. And then what you do before applying paint is critical. Do you blast to get a profile on there that the paint can physically attach to? Or do you add a pre-treatment chemical such as a phosphate or zirconium? All of those add longevity to the paint finish. You offer many coatings. Let's start with powder. Trailer fenders, ag parts, stair railings, things that take a beating and that are exposed to the elements, those can be coated for a lifetime. Yes, definitely. Powder coat, newer technology where you're putting powderized paint on in a dust form and then melting it onto the part along with good pretreatment, of course, primer. You can have a super durable finish with powder and it's, it's environmentally friendly, low VOC, no VOCs, kind of the go-to. And when you mention that melting the powder onto the part, I think of encapsulation. That piece of metal is inside a shell that's impervious to salt, rocks, sand, anything like that. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Similar to a, a liquid paint where you have two components, typically, as it melts, cross-linking happens, which then gives you an impervious surface. Liquid coating is another service that you provide. Yes, we do a lot of liquid coating as well, um, both batch and conveyorized. You know, very similar to powder. It's got its own characteristics. Still super durable. You can paint things that can't be heated up. Typically, powder coating, you're heating to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Liquid coating, you can do that on, obviously, wood or things that have bearings or rubber or electronics to it. We do a lot of that. And it's, you know, a tried and true paint process. What is C-A-R-C coating? Yeah, CARC coating, that stands for Chemical Agent Resistant Coating. It's all military. Military vehicles, military equipment, stuff like that. This is a paint that gives you a surface that's easily decontaminated. So when our our men and women in the military are on the battlefield and there's something with a a chemical attack, this paint is super impervious. The chemical is not getting into the substrate and then leaking out later into the piece of equipment where a person's going to get affected by that chemical reagent. Do you also provide food-grade coatings? Because I know there's a lot of factories that produce food that need those and also industrial kitchens. We do. We don't do a ton of it, but uh, we've done it over the years and they do have food grade powder coatings that we put on parts for customers. You also do screening from everything from golf balls to glass. That is correct. Kind of a side operation we have after a part is is painted or even some raw parts that come in, we are able to put a customer's logo, design, whatever it may be, onto the part it's a heavy-duty ink instead of like a, a vinyl sticker or whatever that will come off over time. Silk screening is a robust 
paint that we're putting on there and very detailed for certain customers. And that's a neat marketing idea. For example, Bumblebee Nationals down at Algona, Kasuth County Speedway, if you're able to throw out a bunch of golf balls with your logo on to the fans or things like that, you get your name in people's hands, that's the way a business deal starts. Definitely. Yeah, we've done a lot of different things like that. You know, um, we've done cups, you know, thermos cups, whatever, things like that. Yeah, the you want people to see your name, and it's a good way to do it. It looks good. It lasts. Just a good option for a lot of our customers. You also mentioned you do the small jobs up to the large, one to 10,000. You can handle all sizes of jobs. And the neat thing about that, manufacturers out there that maybe are having staffing issues to run that part of their industry, it eliminates the responsibility to keep up with all the environmental regulations and you guys can do the parts for them and get them right back to them. Yeah, I mean, we see that a lot. A lot of customers that do in-house painting and just, you know, don't have the people, don't have the knowledge to manage it and to get quality coatings will come to us. We've bought equipment from customers when they've done this. And yeah, we keep on top of it here, less for them to worry about. We're very flexible with our schedule here. We do run seven days a week. So when a customer needs something flipped fast, drop off on a Friday, pick up on a Monday, not always possible, but we do do that. And again, it takes that stress off of them. So very important for us to be flexible. There is a great six-minute video on your website, and it sounds like a new website is coming and also a brand new video. That is correct, yep. I think we've got a, an older video on there, six to seven minutes. Some of our employees here today are, are on that video, and it does show a lot of the capabilities we have. A lot of those technologies haven't changed, but we've added on a ton since that video is made. You know, we're up to, I think, five lines here in Mankato with a lot of different equipment that makes makes it easier to change jobs, to flex the schedule again, things like that. So, yeah, there is a, a video. We're actually shooting it this week. Not sure how long it'll, uh, it'll take to get onto the website, but that'll be coming and, and other website updates as well. Mick, how can they find out more about associated finishing and extreme powder coating? Yeah. Obviously, feel free to check out our websites, associatedfinishing.com and extremepowdercoating.net, or else you can always call our number, too, at 507-345-5861. Mick, plans for the race car over the winter? Yeah, I, hopefully I can spend some time on it. That's that's the main goal. You know, we ended, ended the year pretty strong and don't have a ton of repairs to do, you know, some stuff to spruce it up, make it look better again, but uh, just hoping to get get some time on it and, and clean it up some and get it ready for next year. We'll see what happens. Mick, always good to talk to you. Thank you for your time, and thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Yeah, same to you, Clayton. Really appreciate it. Love seeing all the content you guys post. It's pretty cool to look at that history, and yeah, it's fun to be a, a part of this, and hopefully next year we can do the same, and keep trying to grow the sport and reach as many people as we can. Does the thought of raking your leaves and hauling them away frighten you? If so, call Wolf and Sons at 455-3524 and they'll take the fright out of your fall. <laughs> At 
Aero Race Wheels, they put their customers first and appreciate the loyalty the racers have for the company. Aero Race Wheels is willing to work with anyone who has a question or problem. The only way to stay on top is to listen to the people putting us there. If you want to run with the winners, see aeroracingwheels.com or call 888-895-2376 today. Rhino Egg offers the most complete rear blade line in the industry. Whether your tractor has 30 or 300 horsepower, Rhino offers a blade to accomplish any task. Don't settle for the cheap imitations. Buy Rhino. Building the best since 1934. Check out the full line of landscape and construction equipment today at rhinoag.com. Since 1997, Weir's Machine has been innovating the finest products in the racing industry. We also manufacture the Ultra Force Load Machines and develop the Ultra Force Suspension Software, which allows you to take your program to the next level. Be sure to check out the all new Circle Track app, your ultimate go to spot for race team information. Keep track of your maintenance schedule, parts list, car setups, and more. Proudly made in the USA, champions across the country choose Weir's Machine, Ultra Force, and the Circle Track app to take them to Victory Lane. Shop now at Weir'sMachine.com, UltraForceTech.com, and the all-new CircleTrackApp.com. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at Weir's Machine. Packaging the impossible inside the possible through service, quality, and expertise. Hi, this is Holly, the new general manager at Foamcraft Packaging. We are your foam and wood packaging experts in Minnesota. If you are a business owner or in charge of your packaging, we want to talk to you. We specialize in designing and manufacturing wood crates, pallets, and foam inserts and are here to help keep your products protected in transit. We are here to help you. Visit us at foamcraftpackaging.com. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a PowerLift architectural door on your home or cabin. PowerLift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Welcome back to our special segment here on the Dirt Show brought to you by Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings and Speed. We have to talk about these smoked brisket sandwiches because I spotted a picture of those and that looks like the perfect item for a tailgate party. Oh, yeah. And you talk about tailgate party, Clayne. I kind of just had my own private tailgate party. I smoked the brisket last week and then let it cool down and then slice it off. And then I just warmed it up just a little bit. I retained some of the juice. When I smoked my briskets, I smoked them in one of those foil, aluminum foil throwaway pans, those big ones. Then I let the, the juice cool down and get the grease off the top. And then I put just a little bit of that on my brisket and just warm it up a little bit and put it on a fresh bun. And then what I like to do is I like a nice slice of onion, and then I like either a bread and butter pickle or a little bit spicier sliced pickle and throw that on there. And then what I do to top it all off is I put a little bit of our sweet and spicy barbecue on it that's got molasses and jalapeno pepper powder in it. Well, I tell you, that's good. And 
briskets are easy to cook. I see they drop back a little bit in price, but what I do is I, people, I think a lot of people get too carried away and trim them too lean. I like to leave at least a quarter of an inch of fat on them, and then I'll uh, season with real coarse sea salt, and then a light dusting of cookies flavor enhancer and all-purpose seasoning, and then coarse ground black pepper, and just kind of rub that in a little bit. Some people put oil on it. Some people put mustard on it first, but I just... I uh, have mine just a little bit damp, put that mixture on it, and then throw it in the smoker, fat side up. When I put it in my smoker, like I said, I put it in a pan so I retain all that juice. And I'll smoke it at two and a quarter for probably 12 to 14 hours. But you can feel when you put the temperature, the thermometer in it, I like to get them between 195 and 204, 205, right in there. But you can feel... When you push that thermometer in there, if they're tender, and if not, why well, just cut a little piece off and, and check it. But you want to make sure it's good and tender. But then what I do is I take like a white cotton glove and then put a rubber glove over the top of it because I buy the one with the point and the flat, the, what they call the Packers cut, and I can run my hand with that glove on in between the point and the flat and pull the uh, point off the top. And then when you slice that flat, make sure you're slicing it against the grain and slice it about a quarter of an inch thick and put it on your burgers. And, oh, I'll tell you what, I, I got to watch myself because I think I eat probably two sandwiches of meat before I get my sandwich made that I'm going to actually eat. But I'll tell you what, uh, that is really tasty, Clay. And what's nice about that, this time of the year, you can make up a whole tray full of those for your tailgate party. And some other really cool news is now not only is Cookie's Original Barbecue Sauce available at Sam's Club, but you can get it in a two-pack. 226 ounce, and it should be in all the Sam's Clubs. And if you're in a Sam's Club and don't find it, just ask the manager because it's in their warehouse and they can order them in without a problem. Also, a little bit down the road, I don't know the exact schedule date, but They'll actually be doing demos in a lot of the Sam's Club, too, with that and uh, little cocktail smokies. But, you know, just uh, go into your Sam's Club and ask for the two-pack of 26-ounce cookies original. They should be able to take care of you. And for these and other great recipes, just go to our website, cookiesbbq.com. It'll turn the average cook into a renowned chef overnight. All you got to do is read through it and go to sleep and think about it. So uh, have a good one, Clean, and... Uh, Thanks to all the listeners out there for all you do for cooking. We certainly appreciate it. When it comes to detailing your vehicle at Napa, we know it's not all about the exterior. The interior is important too. With the ShopVac 20-volt handheld vacuum and its assortment of included accessories and rechargeable battery, you'll reach all the corners and clean up nearly any type of mess. Stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store or shop Napa online today and pick up the ShopVac handheld vacuum for only $99.99. Keep your vehicle looking its best, both inside and out. Napa, a proud sponsor of the Dirt Show. Offer available at participating stores Hi, this is Steve from Coles Electric. Do you have electrical projects in your future? Coles Electric can help. Coles Electric offers industrial, commercial, farm, and residential electrical services in Minnesota and Northern Iowa. We have 24-hour emergency service, design build, automation, underground boring, solar installation, and much more. Coles Electric has a great staff and can assist you with your electrical needs. Look us up at coleselectric.com 
or call us at 507-451-1387. Let me tell you, friends, about our stores, a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs, from chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookie Sauces and Seasonings. Ogilvy Raceway hosted a two-night event last weekend, Friday night, October 6th, and Saturday night, October 7th. On Friday night, the qualifying heats, 297 cars checked in to qualify for Saturday's main events. On Saturday night, October 7th, 310 cars checked in in the Wissota Modified 35-lap A main, Dan Ebert in the Midwest Modifieds, Brady Larson in the Mod 4s, Tommy Bowden in the Super Stocks, Shane Sabraski in the Pier Stocks, Ryan Olson in the Street Stocks, Cody Coomer in the Wissota Late Model 40-lap A main, Pat Doerr in the Hornets, Mac Johnston, and in the USRA late model 20-lap A main, Matthew Larson. Hey, Dirt Show listeners. For over 20 years, Hot Rod Hardware in West Concord, Minnesota, has provided everything to modernize and improve your hot rod's performance. Hot Rod Hardware is your specialty aftermarket auto parts go-to solution. From radiators and brakes to suspension, handling, and power. From the drag strip to the street, dirt track to cruise nights, Hot Rod Hardware is your family-owned solution. Check us out at hotrodhardware.com or just call the guys at 507-527-1020. Or as they say, no robots just real people. Does good food get your heart racing? How about food that's prepared to perfection with your favorite sauces and seasonings? Friends, it's Speed the Sauce Man, and I'm here to tell you that if you love full throttle flavor, you're going to love our line of premium barbecue sauces and seasonings. Made with high quality ingredients, you can trust our products to punch up the flavor of your favorite meats, main dishes, and so much more. Get winning recipes and join our sauce squad at cookiesbbq.com. And remember, Smart cookies, use cookies. If your classic isn't so classic, bring it into Auto Trim Design of Oatana. We can fix the upholstery, the carpet, replace a sagging headliner, make your old car look new again, make your seats comfortable again. Whether it's a classic car, work truck, boat, or anything else that moves, we can fix the upholstery and make your ride like new. And we work on convertibles. We're located in Oatana at 3275 Old Highway 14, one mile west of Walmart. Big jobs on big properties demand a big side-by-side. A side-by-side like the first ever Honda Pioneer 1000 Deluxe Crew. This flagship model delivers serious power and performance where you need it most. Even more, it offers best-in-class comfort for six occupants with backseat legroom beyond compare. As for build quality, well, let the Honda name speak for itself. Head to Trimble's in Austin, Minnesota and see the all-new Pioneer 1000 Deluxe Crew Today, Trimble Cycle Center in Austin, USA's second oldest Honda dealer. Hi, this is Lyle Hendricks, number 16. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.